Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi guys, this is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything Goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Maggie Hewitt. Uh, Another week, another month, another year, another decade, another century, another millennium here on planet Earth. That's right. Here we are. You are here. You are here. We are present. To this podcast. (laughs) What is Paltrow's lifestyle brand? We're breathing out. How did it come to this? Uh, how did how did it come to this? How did thousands of years of human history come to this moment in time with us two talking and however many millions of people listening to us? I don't know. How did it come to it? Just oh, did. It did. <laughs> don't ask any questions because you're not going to get any answers. Absolutely not. What is going on in your we life? Just- well, we just spent a lot of time talking about catching up on everything we watched this week. Yeah, we're a regular Siskel and Ebert off off the pod. Yeah, I, I felt like during that conversation, like, okay, like we need to just quickly like list every single thing that we watched so we can just talk about Gwyneth Paltrow. But first, we need to talk about everything we watched. Yeah, because well, I think also like there's so little going on in all of our lives in general. Like you can't, you know, we're still in the depths. I don't know if you guys have heard, but there's a pandemic still going on. Yep. And so it's a limited amount of things we can do with our time. Um, and I, for a long time, was sort of okay with the stagnation or like keeping myself occupied and busy. And because I'm mostly 90% of the time content to sit home and watch a movie. That's what I like to do anyway. Yeah. But now I think even I am getting to the point of complete insanity and just wanting to like go think, go places and do things and and go crazy. Yeah. I definitely am starting to feel, I think a lot of people are hitting a wall or have been for the last like three or four weeks. I feel like I've been hearing people say like, okay, I'm really sick of this now. And that's kind of how I've been feeling just like extra weird about things, extra uncomfortable extra depressed really feeling like almost feeling anxiety about when the pandemic is over because I feel like my life has just been on pause for the last year and when 
this ends, which it will, like the vaccines are getting rolled out. And I'm always happy that the vaccines are getting rolled out, obviously. But I'm also sort of like, what am I going to, what is it going to be like after? Like, what am I going to do? What did I do every day before this? Like, yeah. it just feels so weird. Yeah. What, we're just going to be expected to like go places and do things and like interact with people like normal. It's, yeah, it is, uh, it will, it will be a transit. I mean, not, I mean, I don't know. It might be as difficult a transition coming out of it as it was going into it. I don't know. Because you and I both have sort of like alternative working schedules and so we don't <laughs> that is a nice euphemism <laughs> we don't go to like an office and do a job you know like yeah. most of our work is like more like from either like in other people's homes for me or like freelance stuff or like online or whatever so like it's just I and it's already kind of an isolating experience anyway and so it's weird to think like okay well I'll be coming out of this isolating experience and what like going into like the old isolating experience I don't Oh, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it'll be, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be tough, but I, uh, you know, obviously, uh, on the whole, it will be good to get people vaccinated and to move on. I mean, it's an optimistic view uh, because I'm very, ex- I mean, they said that we might all be vaccinated by the end of the summer. I mean, supposedly he, Joe, bought all these vaccines and yeah and um, he bought some vaccines uh, uh what else is going on okay let's just say what we watched really fast so that we can like tell the people because you you've been watching because i feel like we should do a little intro before we get too deep into the goop stuff for sure uh well, I mean, one thing, this is sort of related to Gwyneth because she chimed in on it, but we both watched the framing Britney Spears documentary. What did, what did she say about it? Uh, so there was an article in, I don't know, one of the, of oh, the blast, the blast. You want it? We got it. The blast. Uh, and there was an entire article talking about Gwyneth Paltrow's response to the Britney Spears documentary, which amounted to um, the, the Instagram account overheard celebs. Uh, someone wrote something about an experience that they had with Britney and how she's, you know, a, a, a lovely person. And then Gwyneth commented on that Instagram post, simply hashtag free Britney. So she is, on the right side of history here okay well that's good um britney needs to be freed i agree for britney yeah yeah like the i don't know the 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 fan sort of intensity is something and but i i do agree like something something needs to change with which with this conservatorship and it probably should just be dissolved uh I agree. I mean, we do have to say, like, we have been doing a podcast about Gwyneth Paltrow for five years. So it's like, we aren't really in a place to criticize other people who are like obsessive fandoms. Yeah, exactly. That's true. We are the last people. But But we we do go, we do give Gwyneth her space. We don't, we don't try to reach out with to her directly. No, we don't. But I do, I do feel like very defensive of Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think because we have spent so much time with her, uh, there is a sense of, 
I don't know. And we, we, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't like doing it and we didn't enjoy her. And I, I really, uh, I mean, she's, you know, put her foot in her mouth a few times, but who hasn't. And I do, I do think she is coming from a genuine place and wants to better us all in the world. Yeah. She just wants everybody to like, you know, know how to eat right for their bodies and to introduce the concept of yoga to the world. Yeah, which uh, she she and Madonna, I guess, had to fight it out as to who was the first rich white lady to talk about yoga. Right. They're definitely in the same, like, workout, um, I don't know, community or something. They yeah, both... I mean, they were both Tracy Anderson people. Yeah. And at one point, they were good friends with each other, but I, I don't think that they talk too much anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, they were, I mean, when Gwyneth was living in London, I mean, they were both married to British people. So I think they were just sort of like in the same sort of circles in London and they would always talk about being friendly. And then I think at some point it just, it ended. Did Gwyneth ever have a fake British accent like Madonna did? Not like Madonna. I think maybe a, a little, a little, a little lilt here and there, but not, yeah. uh, not as performatively as, as Madonna. Yeah. She went for it and she always does. She really does. Mm -hmm. uh, what else? What else did you watch that you want to talk okay. about? We watched, I watched the Cecil Hotel documentary on Netflix, which like Free Britney, I already knew everything about. So it wasn't informative to me, but I still liked it because I like true crime. Uh, yeah, I think I might skip that one. It, I, I just can't deal with these long true crime series. It's, it's too much. Like a, yeah. And then, wait, that's it. Uh, yeah, well, you said you already watched the new episode of WandaVision, which I haven't yet. I watched the new WandaVision. I'm li are you guys liking WandaVision? I'm liking it. And I, I've been watching it sort of like on and off because like Brian will have it on and I'm not paying attention to it. But then last night he put it on and... I thought it was great. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely enjoying it. Yeah. I watched, well, I'm, as some people know, I'm doing a major rewatch of Twin Peaks uh, with my husband who has never seen it before. So we're watching one episode a night. Um, oh, that's not off, bad. Yeah, we turn off all the lights. We the, the theme music is so soothing. So it's like, as soon as we turn it on and turn off the, all the lights, I feel like my body just sort of relaxes into into the world of Twin Peaks. And um, this is, yeah, my favorite show of all time, bar none. Uh, I, I love it so much. And so it's very, it's very soothing and very fun to be able to, to share it with John. Cause he's, and I don't, I don't know that he's enjoying it as much as I am, but I think he's enjoying it somewhat. So it's fun. Yeah. And I haven't seen it in a really long time and I liked the first season and then I kind of lost interest in the second season when it kind of gets more abstract i guess yeah yeah um but during our conversation i committed to watching it again because i think i should i just want to uh yeah i think i think you'll really like it i think if you go in you know with expectations that the show does sort of change a little bit um and is yeah become sort of different and a little more impressionistic as it goes on i think you, you'll be able to ride with it yeah well, uh yeah other than that i watched I watched Devil in a Blue Dress with Denzel Washington last night, which was 
a good little neo-noir from the 1990s. Um, and yeah, that's about it. That's about yeah. it. And I watched the first two episodes of the new Adam Curtis documentary series, which is like this really kind of, it's like, you kind of have to be a hacker to watch it <laughs> because it's only, you have to have like a BBC VPN or something, but it'll come to America. You can find it if you look for it. I'm not going to say how, but. Um, and explain to the uh, listeners who Adam Curtis is, if they don't. Yeah, he's this British documentarian who makes found footage documentaries about like 20th, well, I guess it used to be 20th century politics, just sort of about like global politics and in the modern world, I guess. And it's like going back to the last like 100 years basically and then like how we got and then up to the present and he's sort of been making a documentary like every few years every like four or five years I think for I don't know how long the first one I saw was sort of about the 2008 crisis he came up with one um that was about like um like Facebook and the Trump administration a few years ago that was called hypernormalization and then this one I'm not really sure yet what it's going to be about it's still kind of back in the 60s but it always comes back to like global politics and technology and I think I mean it has really nothing to do with with goop or health health or wellness but I think the people that enjoy goop or have like inquisitive minds and and want to want to hear about more, you know, than the, than the status quo might, might enjoy his work. Cause it, it, uh, takes, yeah, takes current events and recontextualizes it in uh, a way that the most, m- most media doesn't. Yeah. And it's like, they're very engaging because he uses a lot of music and it's a lot of found footage. Um, and a lot of like, like Helvetica text like huge like on on top of something and it's very limited um narration um this one has more than some of them do it's they're very interesting and like he sort of does this cool thing where he'll just sort of focus like show different aspects of history or something and not really draw any connection but you kind of start drawing them yourself and it's um, they're really fun and kind of trippy. Yeah. I'm excited to see this new one. Yeah. It's good. Uh, all right. Let's just, I guess, move on to the newsletters since we don't have much else to talk about. There's really nothing else going on. Yeah. Um, what was your best of the week? Okay. My best was the candle spell. That was mine as well. Um, so I don't know. Do I do spells? No. Will I do this one? No. But does it matter? No. (laughs) This was like where I feel this is like a great direction for Goop to go into. It's an article that's just called a candle ritual to attract love. Valentine's Day is coming up. And you might want to do a spell about it. I don't know. So they have an interview with this woman named Jonah Williams. I think that is how I think I am pronouncing her name. Right. And if I'm not, I apologize. Um, and she talks about doing candle work 
and she has like a there's like a long introduction to her history with it and then there's just a quick little rundown of the materials you need the steps you take to do your spells and you know or it's not a it's not a spell it's a ritual ritual yeah and i i like how their goop goop does a lot of um you know alternative modes of healing and and the some you know psychic stuff astrology stuff but i like that that goop and then uh this woman jonah williams uh, contextualizes this in in a in a cultural way and uh and puts these sort of rituals in more more of like a, a sociological historical context and it's not just sort of pulled out of nowhere and like you know invented by goop it's this is this is like a this, she's she's uh, african-american and so she uses a lot of um traditional african and african-american and indigenous rituals different religions she talks about ifa which is a nigerian uh religion she talks about hoodoo which is a traditionally african-american religion and then she says her dad also talked taught her about indigenous practices and christianity so it's like a sort of combination and she is you know trying to sell people stuff like all these people uh i guess you can book a healing session with her but she seems to to come by these methods um organically and historically and so i appreciated the, the little context that they gave us yeah i would love to hear more from jonah williams honestly i would like i thought this was like really interesting and i would just like to hear more about her and her practice and more I think this is like just a fun, interesting, good direction. I don't think I'm going to do it, but I like knowing that, you know, I could. Absolutely. Yeah. And I like how it's not, it's not like science or pseudoscience. It's just like pure, it's like anti-science. It has nothing to do with science. And so it's. Yeah. It doesn't say like speculative or promising or anything. It's just like, it's a candle ritual. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Yeah. Um yeah like what it's a magic because it's a magical practice like it's not they're not going to try to say it's just a ritual yeah yeah and i'm sure it will I, yeah i i would feel a little silly doing it myself um because it's it it has a it's a very like multi-step process you have you have to get these candles and you you do some dancing and chanting it's a lot of it's a lot but go on the website and see if you want to do it maybe it'll it would be it, fun yeah. i don't know yeah uh all right what was your worst oh my god my worst was unfortunately there's more will cole content and this time it's even closer to home gwyneth paltrow first of all they said okay gwyneth is doing his program right now and she's gonna talk about it which she didn't no yeah i mean this was like a knife in the back (laughs) because oh i guess she's doing it you have to pay oh my god oh so this is part of the The, yeah so we all know you know will cole has a new book coming out uh and gwyneth wrote the introduction to it but now she's doubling down she's saying she's actually doing this intuitive fasting thing and then she wants you to pay extra to watch her and will cole have a conversation which it's just a step too far for me yeah um i can't deal um yeah and it has her whole like introduction on it and like 
no, I just, I don't want to read her forward. I mean, I did, but I wish I hadn't. I don't want to see her doing an interview with Will Cole, except for I kind of do. I know that's the thing. I mean, we would probably have to go by pseudonyms because I don't know that he would allow us. This is the thing. Gwyneth keeps saying, oh, Will Cole is the most, you know, generous person. He's not. He's the the only person on Goop in the history of Goop who has ever come for us, who has ever said anything to it. Like, and he, the only way he would have done it is if he was like searching his name obsessively. I just, I mean, I want to give space to everyone's experience, but like the experience that Gwyneth had with Will Cole is not shared by us. He, well, yeah, because he kisses her ass because she's fucking Gwyneth right. Paltrow. He obviously doesn't treat other people like that. And I wish that yeah. she would maybe, I don't know, think about how he might treat other people. Uh, uh, I do, and this is really embarrassing, but I do not want to pay for this book, but I am sort of curious to see what it says. So I wanted to like rent the ebook from the library and they didn't have it. So I actually sent a little note in overdrive oh asking God. the Los Angeles public library to buy this ebook so I could get it. That's, oh my God. It's really bad. Ugh, that's only going to help him, Brian. I know. And that's the thing is like, I do love intuitive eating. I, so I'm curious and I, that's a problem. I like intuitive eating and I like intermittent fasting. So unfortunately I feel like this book is, is for me. <laughs> He's, you know, like, not for you. He's just going to tell you to eat av- only eat avocados no. and stop at 8 o'clock at night. I can't. That's the book. I promise you that's all he's going to talk about. Uh, well, as Gwyneth says, it's been a pleasure to witness the Will Cole effect, to watch him help transform and optimize the health of people around the world. I'm excited for you to feel it too. I hate him. Mm, no. Well, we're, yeah, we're matching up a lot today. Wow. We're really on the same page here. We're flying right, through see, this. Let's see if this one is different. Yeah. What's, uh, so what is your craziest or saddest? I don't know if that's my craziest or my saddest. I will just say, like, I'll preface this by saying, I really like this whole newsletter this week. So I didn't, none of this was really bad, even for like a worst to have it be Gwyneth Paltrow talking about Will Cole is like a pretty good, bad one for me. Like, it's all like, it, I was pretty into the whole thing. Yeah. So craziest, saddest, I'm not 100% sure, but there was a thing called Three Ways to Master Monochrome Dressing. And like, I don't know what's going on, but it feels a little Adam Curtis hypernormalization mm. that all of a sudden, like after what we all saw at the inauguration where the monochrome was frankly oppressive, every single person that now it's trickling down to goop. It makes me feel a little conspiratorial minded. Interesting. So you think the elites have conspired with Gwyneth Paltrow to force us all to do monochrome? Monochrome. And I don't know why, I don't, what is it? What, what is it? Why? Uh, I, yeah, I don't know enough about fashion to know. I assume there were designers that sort of decided that this was the trend and then it trickles down to is it it ha- feels deeper than that somehow i mean maybe I, I think maybe it's just because our our world has been so crazy people want to feel like they have some sort of structure and so they want to dress in monochrome because it's like less jarring it's just easier to do yeah. i have no idea it's like simple it's like i don't know there's just something about it that is 
freaking me out. But is it really not so much? This is just a connection that I'm making because I have to for this show. But well, I mean, at the inauguration, there were you were talking about there were a lot of jewel tones, right? And yeah. so is this the same that it's like, what I feel like it. No, they're not jewel tones. I mean, thank God they're not jewel tones. <laughs> but um, so like monochrome is just like when you wear like basically all the same color yeah, and it can be whatever color. So like most of the people like Dr. Jill and uh, Kamala Harris were both wearing jewel tones and monochromatic jewel tones. But at these political but, events, aren't, isn't everyone always dressing monochromatically? Like, aren't they always doing these, like, these suits, these, like, pantsuits and things? Like, no one's yeah, dressing. It's not the same thing. But this is, this was just, like, and then the Biden kids were not wearing jewel tones, but they were all wearing, like, all only one color each. I don't know. Uh, well, we'll see where it goes. I, I, I wonder part, part of me thought a while ago when the pandemic ends, people are going to want to dress up more going out. But now I'm sort of thinking that everyone is getting so used to just dressing in the most comfortable things possible that uh, fashion is going to just stay in that direction. And people are just going to wear sweats for the rest of our lives. But who knows? who the hell knows i do always think it's weird like whenever i go out and i drive down the street just seeing what people outside are wearing and it's always like it's always so people in la just dress so wildly yeah so aggressively casually yeah it's true uh especially i mean now i think everyone has just hit a wall i guess i don't i don't drive too many places where I'm seeing big crowds of people still because I just sort of usually stay in my little neighborhood. I'm not, I'm not driving past bars and restaurants that are open, but I imagine people are dressed up a little bit more. Um, well, when I drive down Franklin, I see lots of people in bars and restaurants. Oh yeah. They are, but I, I just more, I'm talking about like people I see like out, like walking their dogs who will be just wearing like Everyone's just wearing pajamas, but oh the yeah, kind of expensive. Uh, I yeah, I wear I change from my sweats to my shorts and back to my sweats, maybe some basketball shorts, and that's about it. Yeah. Uh, okay, my again, this is not this is a little sad. It's a little crazy. It um, it was just weird to me to read the uh, how to give better feedback at work article. Did you read this? I didn't because I was like, why would I read this? I don't have a job like this. So I just yeah. skipped it. No, it's probably smart. So like, this is a woman, her name is Teresa Houston, PhD. She studies cognitive science at Seattle University. And she wrote a book called Let's Talk, Make Effective Feedback, Your Superpower. And this is geared towards, you know, the PMC, white collar office workers. Uh, and it just... I guess the, the times that I've had office jobs, I've always been in the, you know, the low rung role. And so I've always, I've never like been, well, I guess I have a little bit been a manager at work, um, but mostly I'm on the other end. So I'm getting, I'm getting the feedback rather than giving it. But mm -hmm. now in my, 
little part-time day job, I, that is the whole thing I do is I give feedback. So I was reading this article to see if maybe I could get some tips and it actually could be worthwhile. And no, absolutely not. At least from this excerpt, this woman, it's just that, that classic office passive aggressive speech that I think is, is just so irritating. And it really made me like never want to work in an office again after having to hear it so much. And this just like exacerbates all those things that Tell me. I can't stand. I, so, I mean, I guess you can't just go into a work, a workplace. And if you're someone's manager, you can't just say you suck. You did a terrible job. Like that is not the right approach, but these little tips and tricks that she gives are so weird. And maybe also I'm coming from like a background of working in sort of creative industry where I think it's you're some sometimes or and somewhat encouraged to like collaborate. And when you're giving feedback, you more phrase it as like pitching things like, Oh, what if we did this instead? Or what if we did this? Oh, you know, like this might be a cool direction to go. And it's, that just seems like a normal way to, to give feedback rather than this like weird walking on eggshells double speak. I don't know. I'll give you a few examples. Please. Uh, okay. So what mistakes do people commonly make when they're giving feedback? Um, the, the mistakes that this lady says, you should not script what you say, which makes sense. I think, um, the second one is saying they're a little so-and-so. So, you know, Amanda's a little aggressive or William is just stubborn. What can you do? So you're not supposed to do that. Siding with the problem, not the person. Uh, let's go back to William. He just wouldn't let go of a point in a meeting this morning. I don't know. I don't know what any of this is. Let me move on. Okay. <laughs> These are the things that you are supposed to do. Maybe okay. I'll make more sense of this. Okay. Number one, ask how... How do you think that went? So yeah, phrase things as a question. This is apparently what you're supposed to do. After yeah, something- see, to me, that would drive me insane. Like, just say what you want to say. Like, obviously, if I did something, I don't know. How do you think that went? I don't like. Yeah, I hate that. I'm like, well, tell me or like, let's have a conversation, but don't put this on me. I don't know. Um, like, well, I did think it went well until you just asked yeah, me that. that. And now I think it went bad. I don't know. I quit. Exactly. <laughs> Number two, say your good intentions out loud. Uh, the second important thing to do is say your good intentions out loud. That, that's something like, I really want to help you write a good report here. Or more generically, I want the best for you. I want you to succeed. I see you working so hard and I want that to pay off. Oh my God. So terif- terrifying, condescending, and crazy. Like that's what they would say if you're in a cult. Like I want what's best for you. Like why? Just tell me what to do. Like what the... F- I, that makes me so mad. So yeah. So condescending. And it's like, I don't know. I would just get my little feelers up that like this person has been to like a weird management course and is talking to be not like human to human. That's all anyone wants is to like be talked to like a human. Yeah. It's like, this is written from the point of view of people who have like no respect for anybody no. and like how to hide your utter contempt for your subordinates is like what this exactly. sounds like. Uh, Number three, say something specific and positive. So this is a very roundabout thing that they want you to say. Um, so it's like that thing, oh, if you have a piece of criticism, always you know wedge it between two compliments. Like I've heard that before. 
Kelly, in that report that you submitted this morning, I was really impressed by how thorough you were in your research. I wasn't even familiar with those websites. You did such a great job there. But I had this one concern. I noticed, da, 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 and then you just say why they, that report sucked. And again, this is like, it's just so, it's just so not genuine. And it's so, divide. I don't know, dividing yourself like, from other people. Maybe it's just because we both spent time at UCB, like where I, I think the criticism, especially in like classes can be sort of harsh and you immediately have to like, like at UCB, I remember like a big part of the writing class, which is all I took there. I never took improv there. It was like, they would say, okay, why is this funny? And mm -hmm. my first response, and I think a lot of people's first response with that is to get like really defensive to be like, uh, uh, but they didn't, they weren't actually trying to get you to defend it. They were trying to get you to be specific. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was something that like I had to learn and it was like, I had to develop, I thought I had to develop a fairly thin, a thick skin about stuff because of that. Um, but I feel like there are like, I feel like I've just like heard so much criticism yeah. <laughs> and been like, okay with it because like, I understand like at a certain point you're just like, okay, whatever. Like, I just want to hear your notes and like, I'll take them or won't. Um, but I, sometimes I'm like, are people this really like this incapable of hearing like feedback or notes? I don't think most people are. I think it's just that like people feel so insecure about giving notes yeah. or feedback that they end up just being super condescending and I feel like if you're really that unsure about the feedback you're giving like is it really is that even good feedback like or are you just being hypercritical because you feel like that's your job I I do think so like I think the yeah the people that are the more most insecure are the people that have to give the feedback because I think there is like a sense of imposter syndrome to some extent like if you're being paid to give feedback to someone you're gonna have to think of something whether yeah. you really should stand behind it or not you're gonna have to you're paid to to give them feedback so it's like uh I, yeah I think 90% of people would be willing to just take you know you still want to be nice about it but take take honest feedback and like constructive criticism and to 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 frame it in this in this weird inhuman speech I just I just can't imagine that it is helpful for most people yeah and I feel like most people like if I've ever gotten any sort of criticism or whatever but they were the person was obviously trying to be like super nice about it that's always been when I've gotten the most offensive because I feel like oh this person is trying to like this person is condescending to me because like they're I feel like they're overcompensating for like yeah. how bad and like oh, they, yeah they must really hate it if they're trying to be so delicate like they must yeah, really think it's it like, sucks. what is so bad what's so bad that you can't just say it you know what I mean like oh, this must be really bad if you can't just say it but it's not that bad it's like oh there's like there's a typo or like oh there's whatever it's like it's not probably that bad yeah, you yeah. just say what it is um but then like when I've been in a position of having to give feedback, but again, it's always like more creative. Yeah. And yeah, I just like, think I it's I so always just do it in the form of a suggestion. Totally. And I, I just think it's so much easier to give feedback if you have an idea of how to make it better. And then, and like, it is also easier when you're in front of the person, you can have a conversation rather than like written feedback or whatever. Um, and you can sort of judge a little bit better what, what tone to take or like how to approach giving the feedback. 
Yeah. Um, and also like, I really want to help you is such a condescending. It's like, who are you to like, you, I don't know. I just think something yeah. about like, I want to help you make a great report here is like, why are you so sure that you would make a great report? <laughs> you know what totally. I mean? Like maybe your report wouldn't be good either. Like just because you got to like a certain level doesn't necessarily mean that anything. Yeah. The, la the last tip they have is basically to like blame other people for your criticism. So instead of saying, <laughs> William, you're a little stubborn. You say, I noticed that you felt strongly about this point. I'm concerned that people are going to see you as stubborn. And so I don't like want Donald Trump, like many people yeah, are saying, many people are saying <laughs> I don't want them to see you that way. Can we talk about that? But also like, why is this something that we need to have a conversation? Why isn't it okay for him to just be stubborn? Yeah. If he like really believes in what he believes in, you should be stubborn. You should be able to fight for your, I, I, I guess I think the, the sort of the office way of thinking, like, I don't know, just like in regular workplaces is very different from creative workplaces. Cause I, I think if you're an employee, you're, you're really not paid to like give your own ideas. You're mostly paid to like do what you're told. Yeah. So I think maybe well, it they is. Are, I mean, they have to give like, they're, they're not just like cogs in a machine. Like people with jobs like that are supposed to like bring their own ideas and stuff to the table. Yeah, and like do yeah I guess it like, depends. I don't know. If there's a meeting where you're having a conversation about the best way to do something, then like they are being paid to participate. I mean, it's for the goal of like furthering this yeah. business, but it's like their minds are valued, I guess. But like, I also feel like this is just such a, I mean, I don't think everybody should just be like screaming, like, fuck you across the room in each other <laughs> in the office, but it's like, why is this the kind of thing where it's like, we don't talk about it. And then like later that guy gets reprimanded when instead someone could just be like, okay, you're being like really stubborn right now. Just like, let this go. <laughs> like, yeah. why can't people just talk like that? I, I don't know. I mean, I think in these corporate environments, there's just so many little eggshells you have to walk on with HR. Like you just, you can't. I've really never been about that stuff. I don't know. Like if someone takes something the wrong way, because I guess people do communicate in a lot of different ways. So you have to like, I guess, do it in the most sort of anodyne way possible in order to like yeah. not offend people. I have no idea. It stressed me out just reading this article. It's like, I do not want to work in an office. Yeah, me neither. Uh, okay. What would you try? Um, I actually, let me see. Oh, this one was actually fun. This was a strong contender for my best. Hmm. Um, how to make a space feel alive, like Mercery in New York. I don't yes. know this restaurant, but it's like a New York restaurant, whatever. It's not really about that. It's like about like ways to make your space feel more comfortable. Although it is very restaurant themed where like I wouldn't want my house to feel like a restaurant like how to put like flowers on your table and like how to showcase my eclectic glass collection which I don't have but um I still kind of found it enjoyable and inspired me to want to buy more candlesticks I have one candlestick mm. which is not a good number of candlesticks to have <laughs> because I lost the other one it's like part of a set and I don't know where the other one is but it's very pretty and I'm like I should just buy more and have some weird like look at all my little candlesticks yeah, like this design aesthetic uh, is would be a lot to do your whole house up because then it would yeah. look like a Soho restaurant, which this yeah. place is. But um, the vases on this thing were my thing I would buy. They're, 
uh, it's all, I guess, designed by a company called Roman and Williams Guild. And these are Hitoshi Kato Kohiki facet vases. Mm-hmm. And they're very pretty. Um, they're $98 each. I'm sure they're like tiny, but they look, I would like to have a, a few vases here and there and I could, you know, put one single beautiful, beautiful flower in it. And I think it would, it would but be a nice I, aesthetic. I liked how they said, you know, you can just like have a bunch and you can put them in just glasses. Like it doesn't even have to be hundred dollar vases. Like yeah, it could be like Mason jars, which I guess is a little bit like 2006 wedding, but it's like, you know, also if you don't have a bunch of money to spend on vases it could also work. Totally. Like you can do lots of things. Yeah. We're spending so much time in our apartments houses now. It's like, we should, I mean, we, and we have, we've gotten, you know, a couch, a new couple, couple new things to, to, to update our, our, uh, abode, but it, yeah, some, some of the stuff is, is pretty nice. Yeah. I got a new couch. I also just bought a dresser that's not here yet. And all my clothes are like all over my room because I don't have it. <laughs> Uh, but this article just made me want to like go to a restaurant, just like they say, eat eat some haricot vert and anchovy vanilla butter toast, mm. eggs and cocotte, a bottle of champagne. Oh my god, wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, and they were they were hanging out with the owner of Vintner's daughter, which is like she must smell amazing. She smells great. Uh, yeah, and I this restaurant is I, I didn't I mean it was not there when I lived in New York, so I don't really know, but it it's at the southern end of soho so it's sort of like when so where soho and chinatown meet so it it's like the grittier part of soho if that means anything i don't know if it does um no it does not but uh it's very it's pretty and yeah. i mean are we ever going to go to a restaurant again who the hell knows uh i'm 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 getting ready to do some some masked outdoor dining soon. Cause I'm going crazy. I'm ready to I mean, take my chances. I always threaten to do stuff like that. And then I'm like, Oh my God. I have yeah. to do it. <laughs> or if I even do anything that feels like remotely sketchy, I'm like paranoid. And like, why did I do that for like days? I, know. Like, no. Ugh, I just want to drink a pitcher of margaritas at Casita del Campo out in the patio. I know. Although you can't get them to go. Yeah. Yeah. But then I'm like, when, if I buy, like, then I'm like spending $40 on a pitcher of margaritas to drink in my house. That just sounds crazy. I know. And I guess I do have like a courtyard where I could go sit. And oh, that's true. Margarita, but I would feel really weird out there. <laughs> I think I, if I was just like sitting out there drinking, I think people would be like, what is happening? There's a little table and stuff out there, right? Yeah. And I've sat out there before, yeah. but then like someone will come talk to me. Yeah. All right. So that, that was my thing I would buy. The thing I would try is from the Instagram Coop's Instagram and they just sort of repurposed or they just, uh, I think it's an old Turkey meatball recipe, but it was a Turkey meatball recipe that I don't think I've made before from Goop. So I do want to try it. Um, okay. I'm looking it up right now. It's not the Moroccan one. This one is like, I think it's like more of an Italian style. So it's with tomato sauce and you put fennel seeds in the meatballs and lemon zest. Ooh, that sounds good. It sounds really good. I really, I think I like, if I got some ground turkey, I think I would already have basically all these ingredients anyway. So it's pretty easy to make. And yeah, that lemon zest really, really sold me. And you can eat it on top of spaghetti and they don't even tell you to do um, Capello almond flour spaghetti. Wow. Thanks. That's pretty amazing. Aggressive of them. I know, right? I am a little bit sick of the, um, 
of the Moroccan meatballs. I think I finally made one too many Moroccan meatball and I don't know the next time I'll be able to have one. So maybe this will be my new go-to meatball. Although I, the, the Moroccan meatballs were great because they didn't have any carbs and like you didn't put any breadcrumbs or anything. Oh, in yeah. Them. I bet you, you could, you could uh, omit the breadcrumbs probably. They'd just be could. a little denser. Yeah. I don't, I honestly never missed any breadcrumb in those meatballs. No. Yeah. I mean, they end with breadcrumbs, they end up being like a little lighter, but especially if you're doing like a, a Middle Eastern or Mediterranean style meatball, like those typically don't have breadcrumbs in them anyway. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think you need them. I don't think so either. I made, uh, I got like really good quality basmati rice off the internet. Mm. And I made like a Persian style rice with the basmati and it is the most complicated rice I've ever made in my life. You have to soak it for like two hours and then you have to like make this crust and then you have to boil it and then you have to steam it. It's like, takes so long, but it is so fucking good. Yeah. That sounds really good. It's like as good as pasta, which is a weird thing to say. The rice grains are so long. It almost tastes like you're eating noodles. And then it has like that, that crust at the bottom. Oh, mm, that amazing. Um, all right. What would you buy? I would buy, sorry, let me pull up my list. Oh, I would buy the brow kit. Um, was there a whole article simply about brows? I think there might've been my eyebrows have been not doing too well during the quarantine. Um, I am really bad at like plucking my eyebrows. I'm like really crazy about it. I never do it. I just used to go and get my eyebrows waxed professionally every couple of weeks. And that was fine. And maybe do some very moderate maintenance. But for the most part, I was like, I want to put this in the hands of the prof- of a professional. Um, and now I'm not doing that. I'm not maintaining them on my own. They're simply doing whatever the fuck they want. And it's a disaster. So I am not at the point where I'm going to just cross over and fully start doing anything to my eyebrows because I just don't think it's worth it. Like, I feel like we're clo- the light at the end of the tunnel is there. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't need to go and fuck up my entire face just because, you know, I'd rather just like have them be whatever they're going to be and then go and get them done. Like, when I can, but if I need to, if I needed to do, if we were going to be like, okay, it's another year, which it won't be, but if that was going to happen, I might go and purchase like a nice expensive eyebrow kit to make myself feel better about what I was about to do, which was going to be, would not be good. I have too much OCD to do my own eyebrows basically. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's a very tender, sensitive part of your body. Um, I have also looked at myself in the mirror and I am just beginning to get that, those like stray eyebrows that just reminds me of looking at my grandfather when I was a kid of like oh, just you- wild eyebrows. And yeah. it is a little frightening. Yeah. I mean, eyebrows are just, they're complicated. I haven't done, I mean, when I was a teenager, I had like a unibrow. So I got electrolysis between my eyebrows. Um, oh, wow. And since then, I haven't done one thing to my eyebrows. That electrolysis really works. Once you, if you yeah. do it a few times, uh, the hair doesn't really grow back. It's pretty amazing. That's good. 
so that was your your buy, and yeah. I did my buy. I think we we're done. We did everything. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Look at that. Wow. Um. Okay. I mean, I'm. I feel like we had a lot of crossover on this one. Yeah, it's a short but sweet episode. Oh, you were gonna say how you said you had one uh quick Trader Joe's review you wanted to do. Oh yeah. Well, so that was just going to be for off the air, but I'll give you guys a mm. quick bonus. Here's a little taste of what you might expect on the Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling Brian, I always buy those marinated meat things in Trader Joe's. They're in the fr- the fr- refrigerator section. They're with like regular meat. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They're the, uh, they're usually like the beef that is like the, they're rolled up. So it looks like a tube when you get them and then you unroll them after you. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know that this would, this is like a real review or whatever, but I was just going to say before we started that I got the the balsamic rosemary beef tips and they were surprisingly good. Oh, interesting. All right. Shockingly good. I thought I put them on a salad. That with low fat honey Dijon. Ooh. And I must say it was quite a salad. I recently had the sh- beef shawarma from Trader Joe's, that that one. Yeah. And it was fine. I think it's like, it, the meat is like over marinated or something. It's like too tender. I don't know. There's something a little weird about it. It's just, yeah. There's always like a weird texture issue. Once I had it, then it was like so tough. Yeah. But that's, I think that this is like the, I why I like these is because it's the perfect, like, pieces like they're cut up into pieces so like the shawarma one those are like big like little like steaks sort of I don't know what they are they're not like thin like what are they uh it's like uh it's like a hanger steak it's like um but it's like cut into like chunks the one the one that I got was it was like a couple sort of big flat steaks and then a few pieces of smaller ones I honestly think it's probably just whatever shit is left over from everything else and then they just marinate it and throw it in a tube a good one is um like a pork loin because that's just going to be one normal uniform shape that you know you're getting totally or these beef tips because those are just like like small pieces that are like you know you know what they are yeah and like expensive beef is really a there's like a big difference between good expensive beef and bad less expensive beef whereas pork Mm -hmm. i feel like i mean from an animal rights perspective, it's probably not great, but like taste-wise, I feel like you get the cheap pork, it tastes pretty much the same. I agree. Well, if you like that discussion, there's way more than uh, from where that came from. So go to patreon.com slash coop yourself, uh, pledge $5 a month, just like PBS, and you'll get our Trader Joe's podcast, you'll get all of the additional Gwyneth Paltrow movie review podcasts, and our, um, oh, I think I actually put the one on the feed, on the main feed for uh, the Ingoop Health, but y- you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Please with, consider joining. And with that, my brain has fully shut off. So thank you for listening. Bye, guys. We'll talk to you Bye. soon. Bye. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.